And a very good morning to you. It's just coming up to four minutes past five o'clock. This is your early breakfast show with me, James Max, in for Steve Allen, who, of course, is away on holiday this week. Christo is going to be with you throughout the rest of the week. And you'll be able to find me on Drive tomorrow afternoon. It's all excitement and musical chairs here on London's Biggest Conversation, LBC 97.3. But I do hope that you're going to be joining in the conversation this morning. Many big stories for you to get your teeth into. And a little bit later on, I'm going to talk to you about the most extraordinary plan, uh, which apparently is going to incentivise you to make you thin. Seriously, it's brilliant. <laughs> Whether or not it'll be adopted is another matter. And also I want to talk to you about celebrities. Um, there are one or two who are in the news who are making a bit of a fuss about something that you might actually want to uh, get involved in in terms of the discussion. However, first I want to talk to you about uh, the Lib Dems. They're, of course, having their conference down in Bournemouth during the course of... Uh, Nick Ferrari's breakfast show, he'll be speaking to Nick Clegg. It's uh, a little bit unfortunate, I think, that a new survey has come out which says that a third of the public haven't actually heard of Lib Dem leader Nick Clegg. You would have thought that that somewhat embarrassing situation of being the leader of the third party in the UK, that it might have actually been heard of. Yes. But there we go. It doesn't matter. You know, he seems to be uh, doing his thing down there. The sun is shining. There are lots of opportunities to have nice pictures. However, you would have heard yesterday people talking about this new plan. And indeed, uh, the first time I talked to you about it was on Sunday uh, during the course of Business Matters when the Lib Dems revealed this new brilliant plan that they've got. And this new brilliant plan, of course, I'm sure you've heard about it. If you own a house worth more than a million pounds you would have a new tax. And the reason for that is that apparently uh, this would be a great way of making it much fairer that if you own a big house, that um, you can pay more towards, um, I don't know, getting more people to have free tax, to uh, not have to pay income tax, to subsidise other things that the government needs to do. Fine. What a brilliant idea. Except it wasn't. It started to unravel within two days of them announcing the policy. Why? Setting aside whether or not you like the policy and whether you think it's a good idea and whether you think it's fair, and setting aside the fact that uh, no one seems to have noticed that this particular tax policy is a tax on capital, which is very different from a tax on income. Because when you start attacking tax on capital then you're taxing things that have already had tax applied to them. So that's why I'm asking you whether or not this stupidity is actually unravelling the Lib Dems' credibility of being the alternative party, that if you have a look at the latest poll, uh, which is printed in the papers today, uh, the Tories are on 40-something, uh, Labour on 20-something, and uh, the Lib Dems not even making into the 20s. And you would have thought that if they were any sort of credible party, given how weak Labour are, that at least they should be the second party in politics. But no. Do you think the incompetence of um, the Liberal Democrats in coming up with this policy, in the fact that it is unravelling, already makes them unelectable? Give me a call, 0845 6060 973. You can also text me on 84850, and you can email me, jamesm at lbc.co.uk. I'll tell you the reason why this policy is unravelling, by the way, because in order to have it it means that there would have to be a massive revaluation of properties throughout the UK on an annual basis. 
and it would be so expensive to administer that any extra money gained by taxing people more than what they're being taxed already would be spent on administering the (laughs) the system. Why did no one think as to go back in history and have a look at the rateable system that we used to have? You used to pay rates on your house. And that was based on the property's value. It caused chaos, and the reason for abolishing it was because it was unfair, stupid, and difficult to administer. And nobody bothered in the Lib Dems to go and look back and and realise how unfair it was and how stupid it was. So, there we go. They've come up with this brilliant plan. It was flagship. They were all talking about it for a whole day until it just completely unravelled. So, as a result of that, do you now think that the Lib Dems are utterly and completely unelectable if they can't even have a, a policy which lasts more than a day at their conference? <laughs> 0845 6060 Also, uh, you're already starting to text on 84850, uh, which is nice. I like to receive your texts. But don't forget that for this week and this week only, you can telephone 0845 6060 I want to hear what you think, because... If you were thinking that this was a good idea to tax people with homes more than a million pounds, perhaps you'd like to challenge me. Perhaps you think that I've got it all wrong. That uh, my interpretation of this unravelling, no, it's a brilliant idea. And maybe you'd like to tell me that it is a brilliant idea. And in fact, people who do live in big houses should pay more. Or maybe you agree with me that it is the most stupid idea and has, in fact, started to make me think, Vince Cable, you're not all that. I know we've said how great he is, but in fact, when you listen to the detail, half of what he says, what a load of old rubbish. 0845 6060973. Do you think the Lib Dems have got it so wrong and created a policy which is so flawed and been unravelled so quickly that clearly, in any position of power, there'd be you turning all over the place. Even more than Gordon Brown, because their inability to come up with a sensible policy that actually serves scrutiny. 0845 6060973. That's the number to call. I'd like you to get involved. Uh, just picking up on some of your texts, James, the Lib Dems are already unelectable because they're so pro-Euro, uh, says Emma Jane in Bracknell. Oh, there's another whole political um, <laughs> hotbed of excitement. I guarantee, by the way, that over the next few weeks there will be more discussions of Euro debates and matters as the um, as the Irish prepare to vote once again on a treaty that they've already thrown out once. I hope they do throw it out again. Uh, but it will reignite as to whether or not you and I should have a referendum on uh, the future of Europe. But in the meantime, we are in conference party season, and I suppose this week it is the Lib Dems who are in focus, and that's because it's the first time that they've really had a chance to put forward their policies. They should be at the absolute forefront and top of their game. The thing is, they've come up with a flagship policy that they've all been talking about. Yes, owners of one million pound houses or more. What a brilliant idea. Let's tax those people more. And then suddenly, not only did you realise, uh-uh, hang on a second. What about people who bought their houses years and years ago that don't actually have so much money? They just very fortunate that their properties went up in value. Isn't that a bit unfair? And then what about the disconnect between um, what you should be paying at a local level, in a sense paying for services that you receive, as opposed to just having a tax so it's fair? 0845 6060973. Are the Lib Dems now just completely 
unelectable because they've blown their credibility by their stupidity of creating a policy that was unravelled within 24 hours. Absolutely extraordinary that they've managed to do that. John's in Northwood. Morning, John. Uh, good morning, James. Um, sadly, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> what do you mean, sadly, you agree with me? <laughs> well, <laughs> we sometimes sometimes don't. Um, more fun when we don't. But, uh, yeah, I, I do agree. because it, it's, I think it's a blatantly unfair policy. And I know it sounds awful, doesn't it? You sort of think, well, if you've got a million pounds. Uh, but it isn't, it isn't a million pounds. It's free cash. It's, it's your home, for goodness sake. Um, I've no idea how much our house is worth. Um, the last time I looked, I mean, we're, we're a band F property, which means in theory, when I looked at its rateable value in 1991, uh, the house was supposedly worth £120,000, roughly, but in 1991. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, the, don't you it, think... It's probably what? doubled or tripled in value since then. Well, absolutely no idea. Uh, it means they've got to go around administering this, as you say, finding... Uh, there is an argument... Uh, that council tax that the council tax bans are completely out of date and, and need to be looked at again. But that should, if, if they come up with this, surely then the money that, that would be raised shouldn't wouldn't go to shouldn't go to central government, um, but would go to local government if that needs to be done. But also, shouldn't shouldn't someone think about this a little bit more carefully in the sense that all they needed to do was to say we're just going to have some extra council tax bans. I mean, if they came up with that as an idea, okay, it works. It doesn't require a complete reworking of a system. And and, and the very fact that they've come out with this as some big flagship policy, in a sense, what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, let's bring back jealousy. Anybody who's got stuff, let's tax them more because they've got things that you haven't got, so let's have a go at them that way. And it just is extraordinary in my mind. Well, I think it's also going to cause an awful lot of stress if they actually did get, which they won't. Um, I mean, they've lost my vote. Uh, I have voted for them in the past. Um, and I feel sort of in a way, because, uh, I, I mean, your colleague James O'Brien was making the point yesterday. He, he was sort of saying, uh, putting the argument, anybody that would vote against this is surely being selfish. Uh, it, it, and and, and as, as that programme went, the, the, the policy was unravelling as many people brought, brought in the discussion. You know, you've got the, the scenario of uh, an old lady or an old person perhaps living in a big property that they cannot afford to maintain. And, this, uh, 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 and it's easy to say, oh, well, they should sell. Um, but it's your home. It's something you've lived in perhaps half your life or all your life. Um, it, it's, it's not right. Uh, surely uh, it's more equitable if, if people actually have disposable assets. So it, 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 I, I think your home is something that's very, very precious, and I don't think... Uh, I, I think they've really made a big mistake on this one. Absolutely, I think they have, but they've made such a big play and, and put it such a, to the top of their agenda that as a result of that, uh, I think they've blown their credibility. I don't think that they are electable sadly. Uh, John, thank you very much indeed for your call, but I'd like uh, you to get involved. You've heard what John had to say, he kind of agreed with me, which is uh, always nice, but do you think the Lib Dems have now blown their credibility to such an extent that they are no longer even considerably uh, to be considered, rather, as electable in any shape or form? 0845 uh, I've also got a text for you. I'm going to tell you what I'd like you to text in with, um, and then I'll explain why there is a good reason, I promise you. But you know how you love a little text. Just send me a text uh, completing this little phrase. You know you're fat when... 84850. You know you're fat 
when. There is a very good reason for me asking you that, by the way, which I will uh, explain in due course. Uh, but I'd also like you to tell me whether or not you think the Lib Dems are electable anymore, given that they've blown their credibility with a flagship policy within 24 hours. 0845 6060 973. That's the number to call. Time now, though, 16 minutes past five o'clock. And that means it's time now to catch up with the latest LBC News headlines. French police are expected to move in today to clear the immigrant camp in Calais, known as the Jungle, and detain about 1,500 mainly Afghan asylum seekers. Two men accused of taking part in Britain's biggest jewellery robbery will appear in court this morning. And animal droppings at Godstone Petting Farm in Surrey have tested positive for E. coli. Time now to catch up with the very latest travel news and say a very good morning to Hugh Broom. Thank you very much. Good morning. The M1 South. That's absolutely right. James O'Brien, one of the best morning, mid-morning listens you can find, I have to say. I was listening yesterday morning and he got me fervid and frothing at the mouth, which is what you want from a little bit of a conversation, don't you? But then I want to ask you something, which he was talking about yesterday, but I think it's moved on since then. Less about the tax idea that the Lib Dems came up with, that if you have a house worth more than a million pounds, you should suddenly be paying half a percent of its value every year in council tax. Setting aside that, the fact that the policy has now unravelled for two reasons. One, because of the unfairness of it, and two, because of the unworkability, more, more importantly, the unworkability of the, the project, because you would have to have annual revaluations across the country, which would be so expensive to administer that even the Lib Dems are admitting that maybe they're going to have to rethink it. Stupid idea. Within 24 hours of this great policy announcement, it's been absolutely pulled to pieces and rubbish, which, in my view, makes them unelectable. Do you think the Lib Dems are un? electable. Now they have demonstrated that they can't formulate policy correctly. 0845 6060 973. In a second I'm going to tell you to bog off. No, bog off, buy one, get one free. I'm going to tell you all about that. However, uh, I did ask you to text uh, with a very simple text. You know you're fat when? You know you're fat when? Uh, if you could text me on 84850, the reason is that fit slim people and mothers who breastfeed should be given tax credits to encourage a healthier lifestyle. So if you're thin, then you can have tax credits, and if you're fat, you can't. <laughs> so in this instance, you know you're fat when you don't get free tax. This is um, according to uh, Dr Chand, a British Medical Association representative and the chairman of the new um, of, of Thameside and Glossop Primary Care Trust. He's called for greater incentives for people to be healthy, as predictions show that obesity will cost the NHS £36 million by 2015. Dr Chant, who's a GP in Ashton Underline, said, how about a tax credit for those with a body mass index of less than 26? Stupid man. Sorry, stupid man, fire him. I, I, I'm just getting aggressive this morning, but I I'm probably have a... I'm not fat, but I'm not thin either. And my body index, I have no idea what it is, but it's probably... I, I have no idea what it is. But all I know is, I have never been to hospital, apart from once when I was five, when another child rolled over the top of me and I chipped my collarbone. Apart from that, I've not had to call upon the services of the NHS. Fat or thin. So why on earth should I not get my tax credit, just because this idiot... Can you tell I'm having a rant this morning? Anyway, 84850. You know you're fat when... Come on. 
There must be something that you can say about your partner, your friend, your mate. Somebody that you've seen in the news. 84850. You know you're fat when. And also, uh, I'm going to come back to your calls in just one minute in respect of the Lib Dems. Do you think now their key party policy has completely unravelled in front of their eyes, even during their conference? It's embarrassing. Who scrutinised it? Who came up with the idea? And who's so stupid as to think that actually it was credible? 0845 6060 973. I'd like to hear from you on that. However, we've got an incredible prize uh, in this week's How Low Reverse Auction. It's a superb Nintendo Wii and, get this, the brand new Beatles game. I don't know if you've seen this. Seriously, I'm a big fan of the Wii anyway, but this Beatles game is amazing. And it doesn't matter whether you like the Beatles or whether you like the Wii or you like both. Seriously, this is a fantastic prize. Most popular games console on the market using motion-sensitive remotes to control your on-screen character if you've never used it before. Seriously, this is the business. The new Beatles game allows you to follow the Fab Four's musical journey as either John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison or Ringo Starr. And if that wasn't enough, every bid you make during my show... I'll give you another one free. Buy one, get one free, until 7 o'clock this morning. Bog off. I love that phrase, bog off. Buy one, get one free. I'll try not to exhaust you by using it too much. I do apologise. The lowest unique bid wins. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. The auction closes at 6 o'clock today. But the bog off finishes at 7 o'clock this morning. So that's for every... Text that you send me, you'll get another one free. So you text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, to treble eight two one. That's LBC, followed by your bid in pence, to treble eight two one. Every second bid between now and seven o'clock this morning is free. So each bid will cost you pound fifty plus your standard network rate, and you get the second one free. Lines close at 6pm this evening. You've got to be over 16 to bid, and if you'd like to see the full terms and conditions, why not go to our website, all the W's, lbc.co.uk. And one of you will win a Nintendo Wii and Beatles game by the end of uh, today at 6 o'clock during um, um, the David Mellor's drive time. I almost forgot who was doing it today, because I've got this fixated thing that then suddenly I'm presenting drive. But not today. That's tomorrow's exciting uh, news for you. Yeah, Mitch says, um, why don't the Lib Dems just add extra bans to the council tax? Mitch, you and I are on the same page there. Tony finds me embarrassing because he said you never slag off your beloved Tories. Tony, I do. It's just that it happens to be the Lib Dems conference. You wait until uh, David Cameron happens to stand up. When he does, if he says something I don't like... Even if he says things I like, I'll be asking you what you think. This is a two-way conversation. It's not me just telling you. what It's me asking you questions and getting involved in the conversation. That's all it is. James, only a third of people uh, who have heard of Nick Clegg. Surely everyone knows that Clegg is a character who wears cheap plastic raincoats in the long-running uh, comedy Last of the Summer Wine, says Tom Toff. Well, thanks for that. Ah, excellent. You've been... Oh, no. I knew this was going to open um, a whole can of worms, shall we say. Fat awareness when your partner finally says yes when you ask, does my bum look big in this, says Tara. P.S. I'm a stick insect. I can't wait to hear the advice so I can do the opposite. Uh, You know you're fat when you sit in a room and you're next to everybody. You know you're fat when you need a mirror to see your dangly bits, says Tony. Thanks, Tony. Then we got a few rude ones about bums and 
Lou Habits will leave those. Uh, Jules says, um, uh, yes, you know you're fat when they ask you to fly as freight. (laughs) Brendan Tooting says, you know you're fat when you see your reflection in a mirror and your clothes don't fit. Uh, When Greenpeace hammer down your door when you're relaxing in the bath. (laughs) Paul in Severton says, uh, you know you're fat when you step out uh, uh, on the... In serving... No, that doesn't make sense. I'll come back to that one when I can try and work out what it says. You know you're fat when you bend over and the lining of your skirt rips, says Maria. <laughs> Roy says when you bend over to tie your shoelaces without huffing and puffing. That's when you know uh, you're not fat. And so I suppose when you are huffing and puffing, then you are. Thank you. Uh, good. Right. We'll have to um, vet some of those. You're very naughty. Eight four eight five zero. I knew I was being silly when I started that one. But it is a tremendously interesting story, I have to say. I mean, how do you incentivise people to be more healthy? Or, in fact, is this another example of after the stable door is flapping in the wind? And when the stable door is flapping in the wind, then, in fact, you just go, oh, let's do it with tax. In fact, what you should be doing is persuading people at the other end of the scale to say... You should be thin and healthy because... And persuading people that way, rather than doing a tax thing where you get tax credits if you're thin. What's the point of that? Anyway, you know you're fat when. Text me on 84850. And also, have the Lib Dems demonstrated why they're Britain's third party? Their poorly thought-out tax plan is flawed and stupid. And in my mind... Uh, whilst I was perfectly happy to listen to them, and I, and I f- felt and thought that Nick Clegg uh you know he's a leader of um you know he's certainly very erudite he's come up with some good ideas he's put forward some good thoughts uh he's led the debate in some respects but then suddenly you realize what numpty is because he has not done the homework to make sure that the minister who um or, or the shadow minister who put forward this idea has gone through it with enough rigor to make sure that it actually works therefore they've blown their credibility so as a result of that they have undone all the good work that they've done by pioneering various other aspects like the gurkhas for example where they really did lead the debate they were terrific on it so do you think the lib dems have demonstrated why their britain's third party will never be elected to power oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three on that and also text me uh you know you're fat when <clears throat> on eight four eight five oh this is lbc and the time is just coming up to uh, 5.32. A very good morning to you. This is your early breakfast show with me, James Max, in for Steve Allen, here on London's Biggest Conversation, LBC 97.3, where the telephone lines are open. I know. I know it's, it's slightly weird to you at this time in the morning to be able to have your say, to get involved in the conversation, but I'd like you to because uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts. And the first thing that I was asking you about is whether or not you think the Lib Dems, through their complete mishandling of a new policy idea in terms of their £1 million uh, house tax, if you like. So if you own own a home worth more than a million pounds, you're going to get taxed more because they think that that's a great way to uh, raise more revenue. And I'm afraid it just unravelled yesterday. It's such a stupid idea uh, that as soon as it started um, having any scrutiny whatsoever, then you realise that it was a tax on uh, capital, it wasn't a tax on income, it wasn't a tax on ability to pay, and also it was a tax on uh, what can only be described as um, trying to confuse local services with a, a national tax policy. 
And guess what? If you've got a house of more than a million pounds, and if you're earning a lot of money, from April you're going to be paying 50% tax, national insurance. If you smoke, you pay a lot of tax. If you drive a car, you pay a lot of tax. Uh, you pay tax for um, pretty much everything you do in terms of air travel, buying things, VATs going back up to 17.5%. How much tax actually can you pay? So I know that it doesn't sound fair necessarily when you look at uh, just uh, council tax in isolation, but these people are so stupid uh, that they didn't look at the overall tax, the overall tax position of somebody who's much more wealthy if they live in a big house and they're spending a lot of money or earning a lot of money, then they're already paying a tax. So, do you think the Lib Dems have completely blown their credibility? 0845 6060 973 on that. And also something completely different for you, but I'd like your opinion on this. Fabio Capello, he of course, well known, the England football manager, he has been getting quite cross. He's been getting quite cross and hot under the collar because he says that it is totally unjustified and unfair that he uh, and his wife go on holiday and then have pictures taken of him. And he's, he complained to the uh, Press Complaints Commission. He says that uh, he would like to stop photographs of him. You know those ones with all the mud and everything else on him? <laughs> there were all some wonderful headlines about the England manager. And there he was. But my personal view is you cannot stop people taking pictures and using them. Or do you think that it's not fair that we have this ability to take pictures of celebs wherever they may go and the paps just go out and get them? 0845 Do you think celebs should be able to stop pictures of themselves being published just because they weren't on some kind of official duty or otherwise? 0845 My personal view is, sorry, if you are going to do a high-profile job, you put yourself up to scrutiny, you put yourself up to public picture-taking, you put yourself up to all the downside because you get the upside. And the upside that you get is you get fame, celebrity, great job, invited to all sorts of things, and you get fame and celebrity when you want it. But also, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have fame and celebrity when you don't want it. It's not just a turn-off and on thing, in my view. My view is you run the risk. 0845 uh, There have been past complaints. Uh, Anna Ford, she was uh, complaining while she was on holiday in Majorca. Uh, she, um, she complained uh, to the PCC that uh, she had a picture of her in her swimsuit. Well, the thing is, the beach is a public place. If you go uh, to a public place and you are a public figure, then guess what? You're going to have your picture taken. So what? So what do you think? Do you think that people should not have pictures of them taken when on holiday? Do you think it's unfair? Do you think the paps should be uh, curtailed in any way? Do you enjoy reading those stories? I mean, do you read those ghastly magazines, the hellos and okays and all that sort of thing, and love watching the celeb pics? Or do you like just watching the, or, or looking at the prearranged ones, the ones that you see at home with? when you know that millions of pounds have been handed over in wedge to these people? Or do you prefer seeing, you know, the fat bits, the sweaty bits, the bits where it didn't quite work, the bits when they're on holiday? You'd much rather see the informal pics, wouldn't you? 0845 973 Tell me about pictures. Tell me whether you think that Fabio Capello has a point when he says that he didn't like to have these paps training him and he tried to stop pictures of him covered in mud being printed by the News of the World. Or do you actually think, sorry, mate, 
you're earning a fortune, you're the England football manager, you're of interest, if you go on holiday, you're fair game. Personally, I think it's fair game. I think that they get paid such a lot of money, and they are in such privileged positions, that I'm afraid if they go on holiday, then picks, sorry, that's just, you know... That's just what you risk with the game. 0845 6060973 on that. And also on the text machine, 84850. You know you're fat when. With the news that uh, there is this doctor who says give healthy people tax credits. Uh, I say fire the doctor, but you tell me what you think. 0845 6060973 if you've got a point on that. Or if you just want to text me with, you know you're fat when. I'd like to hear from you. Trevor's in Rochester. Morning, Trevor. Good morning. You wanted to talk about uh, this uh, Lib Dem tax unravelling, didn't you? Yeah, I'm very disappointed. I thought cable was quite good. But if you come out with something like this, um, how can you tax something on a notional value? Um, It's like if you buy a share, are they going to tax you on what the shares quoted at every month, apart from when you sell it? Well, I think think that's a very good point, Trevor, but we've already got notional values in terms of the business rates that shops and offices pay. That's a notional value. Uh, We had notional values for rates, which is why it was so uh, completely ridiculous that the whole rateable system, it didn't work. We've we've got notional values for uh, water. That, yeah, which is uh, ridiculous. Yeah, that, that, that's the point I'm making. The whole thing's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I'm also against council tax. The best thing was the the poll tax, where you pay, get paid as a person, not as a property. But apart from that, what if you've got a, a house that's kind of on the cusp of a million? Are you going to pay the tax one month in a fluctuating market and then get a rebate the next month? Isn't it funny how when you start to examine this on every single level? It's wrong. It's wrong um, because it's considered on its own and not in the context of the overall tax that individuals pay. It's wrong because it's a tax on capital, not on income. It's wrong because they didn't think it through. It's wrong because it's expensive to administer. It's wrong because it targets people like uh, older people, pensioners, um, and uh, asset-rich, cash-poor. I mean, every single level, it's stupid and has just demonstrated yeah. to me sorry lib dems you were trying to be credible you had vince cable and he's just revealed himself as as either a, a left-leaning um money grabbing um i don't know i don't know, i don't even know what you what you would call him because it's it's well, so incompetent. foolish and stupid that it's, it's ridiculous he's just demonstrated that he's incompetent well there we go you said it better than me i couldn't get my words out trevor Thank you. That's Trevor in Rochester. Uh, So, we've now uh, got to the stage where Vince Cable is now incompetent. Having been the shining light of sense and common sense and ideas, he's now incompetent. Do you think that's right? 0845 The The Lib Dems were actually trying to do what, um, indeed, Lord Mandelson has been pictured. You'll see a number of uh, papers where uh, Lord Mandelson is carrying a dossier on how to rubbish the Tories, and that uh, he's almost been caught out, but not quite, uh, where he's having a go at George Osborne. Um, George Osborne, you can... I don't know. George Osborne, to me, comes across as a little bit like Piers Thatcher Damish. Do you remember him and the character in, uh, uh, playing alongside Rick Mail in The New Statesman? I don't think like that. <clears throat> anyway, he's, uh, he's the man who, who, you know, Lib Dems uh, and indeed the, the Labour Party need to be targeting as the idiot. And I'm afraid that Vince Cape you know, has come across as a, a fool. Oh, well, give me a call. 0845 6060 973. Uh, 
You know you're fat when. Oi, Max, you know you're fat when you need your own postcode, says Ken in Rains Park. You know you're fat when you ask for everything on the Golden Arches menu. You know you're fat when Dawn French looks slim next to you, says Brian. Thank you for that. Uh, you know you're fat when you can't get on any of the rides at Alton Towers. You know you're fat when you step out in the road and, in swerving to avoid you, a car eventually runs out of petrol, says Paul in Sturbiton. You know you're fat when you roll over in bed and burn your bum on the light bulb. Oh, man. You've sent so many texts. I'll try and read as many of them as possible. I didn't realise that you were going to be saying quite texted-thon. 0845 That's the number to call. Some of them are very funny as well. Uh, let's go back to your discussions about... Um, also, oh, by the way, just before I do go to Judy and uh, uh, Colters are talking about the Lib Dems, I would like you to tell me whether or not you think celebrities should have the right to stop photographs being printed in the press. Give me a call. Uh, 0845 6060 973 on that. I really want to hear what you think. You read newspapers every single day. You pick up the glosses. You want to see those pics. Do you think that celebrities deserve any privacy at all? Or, if they put themselves in the public spotlight, then I'm afraid they're fair game. I think the latter. I think if we had privacy laws of any respect, then that would put an end to our vibrant press. And I'm sorry, if you're going to get paid that amount of money to do these jobs, fine. You shouldn't have your privacy. Unless, of course, it's your own land. You shouldn't have people trampling all over uh, your gardens or anything like that. That should be private. However, if you go to public places, if you're in a restaurant, sat outside, if you're going shopping, or if you're on holiday somewhere, then you should be able to go wherever um, you like, but also you should be able to take pictures in public places at all times. What do you think? 0845 973 Judy is in Colchester. Hi, Judy. Good morning, James. Good morning. Um, I don't know if you were listening to Nick Ferrari yesterday after you finished, but he interviewed the said Mr Cable. Oh, yes. Whom I'd had, like it would seem, most of the country a lot of respect for. And I rather wish he was one, within one of the other parties that might stand a chance of getting in, because the Liberals clearly won't. Um, and I was toying with giving the Liberals the vote if we had a candidate here, which we seldom do where I live. Um, but when pushed on the question of how older people who all their life have, have worked and put their money into their home, and as, which has now gone up in value, but, it, you know, it's their home, how were they going to afford to pay this extra 2,000-odd pounds a year to put in the kitty to try and bail us all out? And he fluffed and he fluffed for a while, and when pushed by Nick... He said, well, there are various ways people can raise money. He said they can always raise the equity on their home. And now they're expecting us to raise the equity on our home to bail them out. So it's either a choice between that or wondering whether you've got to sell the equity on your home to pay for your care. Well, exactly, and I think I think I think you're absolutely right that, in a sense, the tax system has to be fair. And at the moment, what we're seeing is that it's very easy to say you've got things, so therefore you must pay more out of what you've got already, as opposed to making incentives for people to earn more and then pay more, rather than just it's rather like raiding the store cupboard as opposed to going out and getting new provisions. Him to say, I'm just, I cannot believe that Vince Cable has 
he shot himself in the foot. He just came over as a bumbling fool when it got to that. And Do you think he's shown his true colours? Oh, that in absolutely. fact, that in fact, he's quite a radical, hard, you know, a hard left politician who is simply playing jealousy politics. He is absolutely just as bad as all the others. Um, there isn't anything to choose between any of them, James. I oh don't no! They're, they're, you know, they're all the same, and everybody I talk to, or you know, when you listen to the radio. We're just all so disheartened and so exasperated as to why we are got government that is just so inept and so out of touch with everyday living of, of what I call decent, hard-working people. Absolutely, and we haven't even got we haven't even got uh, opposition parties no. like either the Lib Dems or the Tories no. coming up with sensible ideas to make you feel happy that they could do a better job. As my husband says, we have no leaders, James. We have no leaders. Nobody we can look to to think, oh, well, yes, you know, they'll lead us in the right direction. They won't, because, you know, Conservatives are bound to get in, perhaps not with such a big majority, but they will get in, I'm sure of that. And, you know, another, I don't know how long down the road, we'll all be having this conversation again about the Conservatives, because we want to see the back of them. Oh, it won't, yes, it won't be long before, uh, you know, they might have a, a week or two before... Uh... Where everybody turns on them. Judy and Colchester, thank you very much indeed. I'd like you to join the conversation. 0845 Most of you seem to think that Vince Cable shot himself in the foot, gone from hero to zero in literally 24 hours. Uh, and also talking to you about uh, paps and celebrities. Do you think celebrities deserve any privacy when they go on holiday? Fabio Capallo thinks that they do. He says that they shouldn't have been able to take pictures of him covered in mud. I think they should. 08456060973 and also more of your fat text. You know your fat when. Text me on 84850. Meanwhile, the time is now 5.46. And that means it's time for the latest LBC News headlines. Police in France are preparing to raid an illegal immigrant camp, which is home to hundreds of asylum seekers, all trying to get into Britain. Two men will appear in court via video link later, accused of involvement in the £40 million Mayfair jewellery raid last month. And animal droppings from a farm in Surrey closed because of an E. coli outbreak have tested positive for the bug. And time now to catch up with the latest travel. Here's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much. M1 southbound, the entry slip road at junction 7.3. That's absolutely right, David Meller back with you then for Drive, and then it's going to be me on Drive tomorrow, so that's quite exciting, isn't it? And then um, the uh, the musical chairs continues as Christo will be with you uh, for early breakfast from tomorrow for the rest of the week. In the meantime, I'm James Maxim for Steve Allen, and I'd like you to join the conversation. 0845 talking to you about whether or not you think the Lib Dems have now sufficiently rendered themselves unelectable. And unelectable because they came up with a policy of taxing people with homes worth more than a million pounds, half a percent of the property's value, and then that policy unravelled within 24 hours. Has Vince Cable gone from hero to zero? Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. On that, also asking you about Fabio Capello. He's pleaded for holiday privacy but it's fallen on deaf ears. No one cares what Fabio Capello says because we like seeing pictures of the likes of him when they go on holiday. And my view is, if you go to a public place, tough. You're earning a fortune, you're in the public eye, 
tough. I don't want to say, you know, it's not fair to have people snooping in your garden, in your house, whatever. You should absolutely have privacy. However, every time you go outside, you should be able to be papped. And I'm afraid it's just tough. And it's wrong that he should think that he has special treatment just because he's the England manager. And quite frankly, I enjoyed those pictures of him covered in mud. Wait, four five six oh six oh nine seven three on that. Um let's just pick up on some of your texts here. Why is the Lib Dem housing policy such a talking point? They'll never get in, so why the big debate, says Anthony and Stevenage. I'll tell you why it's so important. The Lib Dems are the third party. They have developed some quite interesting policies which have driven the political debate. And also, many people are saying, what is the alternative to who we have in power at the moment? Their conference is demonstrating their ability and their competence if they were to be in power. We've all seen the danger of coming up with policies that unravel before your eyes and the expense of it, and how bad it is for the nation to be led by people who cannot make decisions that are clear, concise and work. The Tempe tax debacle... Gordon Brown was so intent on undermining the Tories that he forgot how much damage would be done to those people who would be um, politically and financially hurt by the U-turn that he did on the 10p tax rate. He was in power. He made that decision based on what was happening. So, in a sense, this Lib Dem policy is important because you're judging them on whether or not they would come up with good policies when in power. And they've demonstrated an inability and an incompetence in doing so. 0845 6060 973. That's the number to call on that. And that's why it's important. Uh, Just picking up on some of your... um uh, text as well on uh, Fabio Capello. Just for once, could the press please leave our national football manager alone? We're on the verge of greatness and they could ruin it all again. Why should they ruin it? Why should they uh, not pick it up? Why shouldn't he be pictured? Okay, oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three on that. Uh George is in Beckton. Hi George. Hi. Um I would like to ask a question uh about this uh uh, uh the new tax uh imposition. Would that be the Queen and the Prince Charles that they have to pay the taxes on the properties they owe? Well or they not? Uh, or, they, or you just, uh, or you just uh, the, the, the normal taxpayer? It would probably be just the normal taxpayer. There is something in one of the papers today that says that if it was applied to Buckingham Palace, then the Queen would have to find an extra four and a half million quid uh, well, every year in council they, tax. Uh, this, this is what I wonder. How how's she going to raise the money? Would, would it be through through the uh, uh, through us, or would it be through like I don't know? Maybe she has to cut on expenses or something. Um, well, uh, who knows how she'd find the money, but I'm sure she'd find a way. Although, uh, there was a, a new story yesterday that the Queen is actually a little bit short of cash uh, as she's looking for an extra £35 million to renovate uh, the various palaces around the nation. Mm, tell her to give me a call. <laughs> oh, have you got a f- few quid, George? <laughs> Not that much, no. Not that much. I don't know, maybe you're... I don't know, what do you do, George? Are you... I don't know, would you like to do some decorating about, around Buck House? I, I can do. I can do. Well, there we go. Yeah, yeah maybe that yeah. could save that that could save her a few quid. Thanks, George. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. That's the number to call. I'd like you to tell me whether or not you think the Lib Dems are finished as an opposition or a potential opposition party because of their ineptitude, and also whether or not you think Fabio Capello is right when he says, "Leave me alone. 
I don't want to have uh, holiday pics taken by you paps, um, but I'd like you to tell me what you think. I'd also um, like to tell you about this. Bog off. Yeah, buy one, get one free. Uh, we've got an incredible price. I'm not telling you to go away. It's buy one, get one free. We've got an incredible prize in this week's Howlow Reverse Auction, a superb Nintendo Wii and a brand new Beatles game. Most popular games console on the market using motion-sensitive remotes to control your on-screen character. The new Beatles game allows you to follow the Fab Four's musical journey as either John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison or Ringo Starr. And if that wasn't enough, for every bid you make during this show... OK, until 7 o'clock, I'll give you another one free. So that's buy one, get one free until 7 o'clock. So that means you've got just over an hour to do it. So the lowest unique bid wins. That's the lowest bed in pens that nobody else makes. The auction closes 6 o'clock today. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pens, to 88821. And I urge you, if you are texting, please send it to the right number and please do it correctly. This is how you do it. You text LBC followed by your bid in pence, to treble eight two one. That's LBC, followed by your bid in pence, to treble eight two one. Every second bid between now and seven o'clock is free. So each bid will cost you £1.50 plus your standard network rate. You'll get that second one free until seven o'clock this morning. And then lines for the competition close at 6pm this afternoon during J- David Meller's drive time. Bidders must be over 16. And if you'd like to see the full terms and conditions, do go to our website, all the W's, lbc.co.uk. OK. I'd also like you to join in the conversation this morning, 0845 Um Some more of your text, by the way. Very good text this morning. Uh, James, the reason most people are unaware of Nick Clegg is that they're thick and they never watch the news or read a decent newspaper, says Neil. Maybe they're just not interested in him, Neil. I think that's a bit harsh. Nick Clegg doesn't seem to have made much of a, an impact. And one of the reasons that people may ignore the Lib Dems is that they come up with stupid policies that are unravelled within 24 hours. Maybe that's the reason. Um, oh, dear. Marie in Northern Ireland says, you know, you're fat when people behind you push you up onto the bus. Uh, and I was asking you about uh, uh, that particular thing because there's a news story today that says fit, slim people and mothers who breastfeed should be uh, encouraged to do so and given tax credits. So therefore, if you're fat, you're going to get targeted by the tax system. That's nice. Uh, so I was asking you, it, just to complete this very simple text, you know you're fat when. Um, <laughs> some of them are very rude. So thank you for the rude ones. Uh, I enjoy those, but... Uh, <clears throat> You know you're fat when the scales say to be continued. You know you're fat when cars towards uh, driving towards you give way to the right. There we go. Uh, the Queen doesn't own the palaces. They belong to the nation, says Jay. Mm, that's not quite right, Jay. They're sort of trust held, I think. Uh, James, the Lib Dems have to be bolder and more honest than the others in spelling out where changes need to be made. Crucially, they're all over the news today. How often does that happen? The principle of the mansion tax is totally right, but the PR needs improving and the party needs to offer other measures to help those who are worse off. Unlike uh, others, they will listen. Yes, I am a Lib Dem member, says Ian in Rains Park. Ian, you're an idiot then. I'm sorry to be so rude, but the fact is that this policy is unravelled because it's unworkable, it's unfair... It's foolish, it's poorly thought out, and it doesn't work. And that just demonstrates, to my mind, why the Lib Dems won't be elected, because they've come up with a policy that has unravelled and hasn't uh, dealt with scrutiny well within 24 hours. So sorry, Ian, but I'm afraid you're backing a horse that, um, quite frankly, I think the, the poor horse is ill. The horse is going off to the vet. It's about to go off to the knacker's yard. It's turned into glue. 
Anyway, if you want to join in on that, give me a call. 08456060973. I am James Max, and I'm in for Steve Allen here on London's biggest conversation, LBC 97.3. So, animal lovers, it's easy to... And a very good morning to you. It's just gone seven minutes past six o'clock. I'm James Max with your early breakfast in for Steve Allen. And, of course, for the rest of the week, Christo will be with you from five to seven o'clock in the morning as uh, our musical chairs continues here on London's Biggest Conversation, LBC 97.3. Now, you might think this is an innocuous story, but the Prince of Wales has estimated and enlisted 500 leading companies to back calls for concerted action on climate change. And you might think, well done, the Prince, well done for doing something useful. And then you start to think, hang on a second, we've now got um, politicians getting all quite hot under the collar. It only takes, um, you know, one second for you to look at any newspaper. And it doesn't matter which newspaper you buy today, they're all full of climate change stories. 75 days to save the world. Gordon Brown will today tell global leaders they got 75 days to save the world. Um, in uh, a major United Nations meeting in New York, he'll say that a new push must be launched to reach a deal on climate change at the Copenhagen summit in 11 weeks' time. Oh, I don't know about you. I understand what people are saying. But you know what? Can we really do that much? Is this really the right solution? Are we really having the right solutions to our problems? And also, are we just realising that human existence is something that changes the climate? And in particular, do you think that when it becomes so political, and it is a political issue, it's something that you, I suppose, have your politicians do, and therefore, is it right that the Prince of Wales is getting himself involved in this? For example, Prince of Wales is urging people to give up cars in favour of walking in public transport to try and reduce carbon emissions. The Prince, who has two Jaguars, two Audis, a Range Rover, and an Aston Martin. <laughs> Isn't it just ridiculous? <laughs> <sighs> Can you imagine Prince Charles on the bus? <laughs> so, I know I'm laughing, but I'm laughing because it is so ridiculous. He's never been voted into power. He has an official title. He lives a life that is remarkably privileged in so many different ways. And listen, I, I don't have a problem with him expressing his views from time to time and saying what he thinks. He is, after all, going to be King of England. However, he is now getting involved in issues that, in my view, completely remove him from the ability to be King. And that's quite a serious point. So do you think the Prince needs to back away from his involvement in climate change or any other discussions? 08456060973. My personal view is he should not be enlisting leading companies to back changes on climate. He should not be involved in this level of detail. By all means, if he wants to give his opinion and say, I think climate change is a really difficult problem, fine, say it, and then shut up. Because you know what? You are not leading by example. You have people who are flunkies around you and are creating 
an enormous amount of carbon if that's really what you care about you fly around the world going to all these climate change summits i mean how much if if carbon really is the problem which i don't believe it is but if carbon really is the problem then all these people uh, descending on copenhagen to talk about cutting carbon you know, we had Mayor Ken Livingston. Uh, he's on uh, Saturday mornings, Ken at 10, of course. And there he was saying, oh, yes, and I went to, uh, I went down to Australia. And he went to Australia to a climate change meeting and he went on a plane. Sorry, I don't understand. We are full of um, problems. Instead of trying to deal with uh, all these climate change issues by uh, denouncing all the changes and, and and trying to get us to change our lives while not changing theirs. Shouldn't we just be dealing with the problem that we've got and trying to work out how do we live with it? That would be much more practical and successful, don't you think? 0845 Talk to me about the Prince of Wales. Do you think he has stepped over the line between being uh, somebody who's helpful and making uh, interesting points to somebody who is getting involved in the political process when he's neither elected nor entitled to do so? 0845 I'd like you to tell me what you think the Prince of Wales should do. The statement uh, that he's made is the latest move by the Prince of Wales to try and ensure that the United Nations Climate Change Summit in Copenhagen delivers results. But do you think it's really his role to do so? When, for example, you've got Gordon Brown saying we've got just 75 days to save the world, you can either agree or disagree with Gordon Brown, it doesn't matter. But at least he, he's an elected politician and there to do his job. Prince Charles isn't. And in my view, climate change is a political issue. I know that, uh, you, you know, there are some people out there who would, you know, it's similar to saying, in the, like in the 16th century, that if you didn't believe in God, you'd be burnt at the stake. And now if you don't believe in climate change, you know, you'll be burnt and, and forever rotting in hell. And you, you regularly get the comment, oh, do you not care about your children? You know, all that sort of nonsense. But the fact is that there is a range of opinion out there as to how much climate change really bothers us, what it does. And therefore, do you think that the Prince of Wales should be getting involved in this range of discussions? 500 leading companies have backed calls for a concerted action on climate change, but he has enlisted them. Prince of Wales. In my view, that is wrong. He is stepping outside his remit. Do you think I've got it wrong? I mean, do you think that he should be doing this? Do you think that it's a great, wonderful job that he's doing, that because he's this apolitical person, that he can go in and he can persuade companies to do it, and it's all wonderful and marvellous? The companies are so only signing up because they want to, you know, the prince to turn up so that they've got some royal patronage. Do you really think that the likes of Shell and BP, Eon, EDF, Coca-Cola, eBay, Starbucks, Virgin... I mean, really, they're doing it for publicity, aren't they? Do you think they really care about the environment? Oh, yes, sorry, they do. I'm sure they do. 0845 Do you think the Prince of Wales should learn where the line is in respect of what he can and should comment upon? For example, it was the Prince of Wales who got involved in discussions about the redevelopment at Chelsea Barracks. Do you think that he should get involved in the planning process in that way? And because he expressed his views, suddenly it's no longer happening. 0845 973 on that. Also, let me ask you this, because um, we were talking in the last hour about, um, you know, your fat when, and I was asking you to text on that, and that was all jolly good. Uh, and we had a lot of fun with that. Um, I've got a new text for you, because um, 
I think it's fair to say that there's a wonderful, there is a wonderful little uh, comment here about the world's friendliest cities in Europe. And I'll tell you what the friendliest cities are in a minute. However, I just thought, boring asking about the world's friendliest city. Oh, my friendliest city. I want to hear about the unfriendliest city. Tell me on 84850. The unfriendliest city in the world is... And also, if you've got a little story as to why or how it's unfriendly, what happened to you? Uh, my producer was just telling me that she went to Sofia and she's never, she's never met such an a, a unfriendly bunch of individuals. <laughs> but what do you think? <laughs> what is the unfriendliest city in the world? 84850 on that, and I'll also tell you the most congenial cities in a moment. Although, I have to say, I think that you'll disbelieve them. And also, why is... Prince Charles getting involved in climate change matters. Do you think he's overstepped the mark? Do you think that he should get involved in anything political at all? Or do you think he's undermined his ability to be king because he is so political yet unelected? Give me a call. 0845 973 It's your chance to have your say on London's biggest conversation, LBC 97.3, where the time now is exactly 16 minutes past six o'clock. And that means it's time to catch up with the latest LBC News headlines with Matthew Schofield. French police are preparing to move in to clear the... Absolutely right. Nick Ferrari, the award-winning presenter of <laughs> Nick Ferrari's Breakfast Show, of course. He's going to be back with you from 7 here on LBC 97.3, where the time is now 20 past 6. I hope uh, you are well this morning, this Tuesday morning, and indeed perhaps you're getting up, perhaps you're getting ready for work... And then maybe you're thinking about why things are so difficult and wouldn't it be nice if you could have some of the privileges that are afforded to politicians and to members of royalty. Like Prince Charles, who does have a lot of cars, um, two Audis, a couple of Jags, a Range Rover and an Aston Martin. But, no, uh, for you, dear people, I'd like you to use public transport so that you can reduce your carbon emissions. Do as I say, not do as I do. Don't you think that it's about time that if the Prince of Wales wants to actually stay in his position of privilege and to be King of England, um, maybe he just needs to shut his trap. He's getting involved in climate change issues which are deeply political and not leading by example. Oh, yes, let's build my own little village. And he's built this dreadful uh, abomination of a village which he thinks is environmentally friendly or otherwise, uh, because he thinks it is marvellous, he has stuck his nose into the redevelopment at Chelsea Barracks, which, it, like anybody, I'm sure he's got a view, and I don't have a problem with him having a view, and it's just like anybody else, but the p p problem is, because of who he is, he's getting more say in matters which are deeply political, and he shouldn't be political in my view. He's not elected. 0845 6060973. Uh, that's the number to call. Uh, Jack's in Southend. Morning, Jack. Good morning. Um, I've, I've got a couple of points. Um, yes, you're very right. He's a non elected sponger of this country. Um, not being a royalist myself personally. But uh, why should a figurehead have any say over what our pe the people of this country do? Well, uh, you see, this is this is the point that I don't have a problem with. I mean, I think having a royal family. I mean, this is probably where you and I might disagree, but I think having a, yeah, I think having a royal family is part of our heritage, part of our history. I think it's interesting, but we have moved a significant direction towards democracy. I don't think our democracy is perfect, but I, 
we have a democracy. Therefore, people who are not elected should not, in my view, have a say. And that doesn't just apply to people like the Prince of Wales. I don't think that we should have a House of Lords where people are parachuted in like Lord Manson, like uh, the Kinnocks, uh, like all of the others. I mean, the, the, the lot of them should just be removed and we should have an elected House and then anybody who's a Lord or anybody who's in royal family, uh, figureheads. Yes. Um, and the other point I'd like to say, if we're that worried about going into the next ice age, which is what it's going to be at the end of the day, it's not called global warming, it's global cooling. We're moving on to the next ice age so that Earth can reheal. Why don't people like Gordon Brown realise that there's a, such a thing called teleconference? You see, than... I, again, you see, Jack, you've hit the nail on the head. Brilliant. Because... Ultimately, we've got all these people who are going to be descending into Copenhagen for this uh, climate change summit in 11 uh, weeks' time. The amount of stuff, noise, mess, uh, human... Carbon monoxide, human waste, food that's going to be consumed by these, um, trying to put it very nicely, over-large people that just consume, and they are basic consumers... They won't just eat the bare minimum. They will have their big slap-up dinners and their glasses and bottles of wine and champagnes. Um, why don't we just give them all a little phone, teleconference, sort it out over that, or even computer screens. It all works on wires, uses less power, less, less electricity, and they can still see each other with video calling and Skyping. Absolutely, Jack. I couldn't agree with you more. These people are uh, telling you to do things and they're not leading by example. Jack, thank you very much indeed for that. 0845 6060973. Do you think Prince Charles has overstepped the mark with his intervention in climate change, persuading 500 companies uh, to back calls for concerted action on climate change? My personal view is he's overstepped the mark. Um... Also, yeah, right, OK, Phil and Clapham says that he can't win. If Charles uh, talks, he gets slapped down. If he's quiet, he's accused of being out of touch with the public. Indeed. Uh, I'm not going to be lectured by someone whose carbon footprint is the size of Wales with the mountains flattened, says Trev. How on earth do you say that climate change is political? So if we change government, uh, global warming goes away. You have your issues mixed up, says David. No, I don't, David. The fact is that this is deeply political because we rely upon our politicians to make the policies that uh, we follow. Different parties will have different approach to climate change. Some will say it's less important. Gordon Brown, for example, says we should have a third runway at Heathrow. David Cameron says that we don't. Personally, I agree with Gordon Brown on that one. But I find it extraordinary that then he's happy to slap taxes on travelling by air, which I disagree with. It is deeply political, David. This is the political issue of our age. 84850 on the text. And by the way, I'm asking you also, which is the most unfriendly uh, and non-congenial city to visit? Because the top ten friendliest... I'm sure you'll disagree with this, by the way. Guess what is the friendliest city in Europe? Any ideas? Mm, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, Paris is number ten. Barcelona, nine. Rome is number eight. London is number seven, although uh, a number of you have texted through already on 84850 with the most unfriendly cities in Europe uh, and indeed in the world, and you've said London. So who knows with these surveys? I think they're just made up. It's a poll, accordingly, uh, that uh, has come up with this, but I think it's a bit of a nonsense. But what do you think? What is the most unfriendly place that you've been to, the most hostile, the place where you have felt uh, most threatened, if you like? 84850 on that. The most unfriendly city in the world is. The most unfriendly city in the world is. 
84850. Um, let's go to uh, Duncan, who's in Hawley. Hi, Duncan. Hello, I'm first-time caller. Well, thank you very much indeed for picking uh, this particular show to ring for the first time. Always a delight to speak to a new caller, Duncan. Okay. So, thank you. What's the point you'd like to make? Unfortunately, I'm going to correct you on um, on something. Oh, yes. Uh, Prince Charles's um, footprint. Unfortunately, he runs his Aston and most of his cars on wine. I think he tried to run most of his cars on wine. I don't think it actually happened. I think he, if he hasn't running it on wine, he's running it on biofuel. But I believe he is running it on, and he he's not running it on full unleaded. Okay, so uh, he's able to do that, uh, but he still flies around in private jets. He goes uh, uh, not, not necessarily on private jets. A lot of them are chartered, and they do have. Um, he, he'll he'll have the front end of the plane, and plane passengers have the rear. So it's it's not quite um, as damaging as um, what it could be. So it's not as damaging as it could be. But do you think that he really should be getting involved to the level or extent that he does? Because I just think that he, he hasn't learnt where the line is between being um, an ambassador for this nation and making some good points and getting involved. I mean, should he really be going knocking on the doors of 500 big companies to back uh, his views on climate change? No, no, he should, he should, he should be quiet a bit. And you see, this is the problem, that uh, whereas... I mean, you don't see the Queen doing this... You don't see her getting involved. I'm sure she's got a view on it as well, but she she doesn't express it. No, so, she doesn't. But she, um, I think he is. He does have. A, he does we'll, have value. We'll have to. We'll have to leave it there, Duncan. Uh, this is LBC ninety-seven point three. LBC ninety. Time's just gone six thirty-three, and I'd like you to join the conversation because, of course, I'm only going to be with you for another twenty-six or so minutes. So, 0845-6060-973 to join the conversation. I am, of course, in for Steve Allen, who's away this week. Tomorrow morning, for between 5 and 7, Christo will be with you, keeping you company with your early breakfast show. But in the meantime, I'd like you to join the conversation. First of all, to tell me whether or not you think that uh, Prince Charles should really get involved in the climate debate as far as he has done. It's a deeply political issue. And he's unelected. He's not really leading by example, in my opinion. And, to be honest, he really shouldn't be going uh, knocking on the doors of 500 firms uh, backing his ideas on climate change. It's a political issue. Let the politicians get on with it. 0845 6060 973 on that. Also, let me just ask you about this. The Church of England is trying to get you to go back to church. Now, obviously, if you're not a Christian then it's not really relevant to you. And I'm afraid it's not really relevant to me as, as somebody who's Jewish. But then on the other hand, I'm not terribly interested in going to synagogue uh, because I'm not sure how relevant it is. So maybe this is one of those sort of wider issues that, OK, you can step back from the church and say all religion, that uh, there are many religions where, quite frankly, many of you are so bored about it. So I just thought I'd ask you, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the details of the story in a minute, but did you used to go to church? And do you not go now? And if you don't go now, is it because your parents always went and you had to go and then now you thought, mm, actually can't be bothered? Or you've got better things to do on a Sunday or you go shopping or kids or you go to football or whatever it is. So give me a call. Let me know if you used to go to church and do you not go now? And do you think that when people start to say, oh, well, you know, we're going to make it a bit more accessible and, you know, it's, it's less like Marks and Spencers and it's more like Aldi is the latest comment, that that's going to make you go. 
Give me a call. 0845 6060973 on that. And also more of your texts, please, on the most unfriendly city in the world. 84850. Before I come back to your calls, I have to tell you about this. Because you haven't got long in order to do some bogging off. And I don't mean going away. No, buy one, get one free. We've got an incredible prize in this week's Howlow Reverse Auction. It's a superb Nintendo Wii and the brand new Beatles game. Most popular games console on the market. It uses motion-sensitive remotes to control your on-screen character. If you haven't seen the Nintendo Wii, seriously, it's a fantastic bit of kit. I do have one myself. It's terrific. I cannot recommend it highly enough. But it comes now with the Beatles game, which allows you to follow the Fab Four's musical journey as either John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison or Ringo Starr. If that isn't enough, every bid you make during this show until 7 o'clock, you buy one, you get one free. Hence... Bog off. Buy one, get one free until 7 o'clock this morning. Lowest unique bid wins. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. The auction closes at 6pm today. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, to treble 821. So, you know, get your mobile phone. You've only got uh, 20... uh, Yeah, 20-ish minutes to get involved in the bogging off, Okay, So you text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, to treble 821. That's LBC... Followed by your bid in pence to treble eight two one. Every second bid between now and seven o'clock is free. Each bid will cost you one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. That means that for one pound fifty plus that standard network rate, you'll get one and then one for free. Lines close at six p.m. this evening. You've got to be over sixteen to bid. And if you want to see the full terms and conditions, do go to our website, lbc.co.uk. Right, let's go back to your calls. Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Kit is in Hackney. Hi, Kit. Hi, good morning, James. Good I morning, kid. If, yeah, regarding Prince Charles, Yes. I wondered if you had a problem with Prince Charles expressing an opinion because he's Prince Charles or because he's not elected. I think I... I don't have a problem with ex- him expressing an opinion, but the thing is that him rallying around and getting 500 leading companies to support his idea is, in my view, st- overstepping the mark. So if he wanted to say, look, climate change is really important, and he used his position to, I don't know, get on the telly to talk about it, that's, in my view, that's his prerogative, that's absolutely fine. The problem I have is when he starts to then get involved in policy shifting and policy involvement where he's using his power and influence, which is not elected, and involving himself in what I think is a deeply political issue. OK, but surely that occurs with many newspaper editors who are also express, or lead economists, who express a lot of political opinions. They're not um, elected. And also a lot of business, there are a lot of businessmen and lobbyists who are also doing the same thing as Prince Charles as well, I dare say. Well, that's also true, but then the thing is that newspapers are at least a little bit um, democratic in the sense that if you don't like what their leader columnists are saying, you can choose not to read them, or you can choose not to buy the paper. They're, they're making their policies and they're saying, as a newspaper, this is what we do, we give you opinion, if you want to buy it, buy it, if you don't, don't. So Ooh. it's it's kind of different, and the thing is that, you, you know, that that's what they do. You wouldn't want a newspaper that is full of no opinion. It would be as boring as heck. You'd end up well, with, well, it, you'd end up with it, a Daily Star kit. Indeed, indeed. But it does, it does ring true for a lot of other businessmen. And there's also, I'm sure there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of lobbyists out there pulling strings and, uh, you know, trying to sway political decision-making 
other than Prince Charles. Absolutely, and I think we've got, uh, I think we've really got to uncover these lobbyists and, and how they work, because I'm afraid they're undermining our democracy and our, and our uh, a nation in a, in a way which you and I seem to be unaware of in terms of just how far these lobbyists will go to influence MPs, their decisions. Um, we, we've got to be... We've got to be pretty wide awake, I think, to how lobbyists and lobbying works. And I, in a sense, what Prince Charles is doing is a very crude form of lobbying. But I, I think it's a deeply political issue, and I don't think he should be doing it. OK, well, I, I beg to differ. I think I, think I, I uh, welcome his opinions. I, um, I welcome all, all political debate, and they are big issues, and he is an important person. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think it's important to hear what, what he has to say. But I think, I think you're missing the point slightly, uh, because I, do, I welcome his opinions as well, in the sense that he's just as able and, and likely and, and willing to offer his opinion as I am. But what he's doing is he's then using his opinions to garnish support for something which really should be left to the politicians. Perhaps, perhaps. But, um... Are we, having a, are we having a slight bit of agreement there, kid? Maybe, maybe, yeah. OK, anyway, let's, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit whilst I'm ahead. Thanks, kid. <laughs> Is Prince Charles overstepping the mark? And also, really, I want to hear from you. Church, do you go? Do you not go? Did you used to go, but now you don't? And when you hear that, for example, um, the discount retailer Aldi... What does that have in common with the Church of England? One has packed aisles, a lively tussle over car parking spaces and readily opened wallets and saw a growth in patronage last year of 25%. The other, it seems, almost a little cruel to point out, does not and did not. Weekly attendance by weekly um, Anglican congregations fell below a million in 2007. Congregations are ageing, church buildings crumbling, miraculous loaves and fishes are all well and good, but try competing with a 33p custard cream and £1.49 shampoo. That is the nature of the story, but there is a drive to get you back into the Church of England. And they're saying that they need to stop being so middle class, stop being so Marks and Spencer, and it's all about the Aldi. It's all about just turning up and getting involved. But most people seem not to be terribly interested. Danny Edwards uh, has been quoted here. He's an Aldi shopper. He says, I haven't got a clue about religion. It's not my thing. <laughs> That's a brilliant quote. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Tell me, did you used to go to church and do you not go now? And if you don't go now, why don't you go? And also talking to you about Prince Charles, whether or not you think... Uh, that, for example, the um, uh, involvement, if you like, of Prince Charles in the climate change debate, is it one step too far? You welcome his opinion, do you welcome his thoughts, but you think that maybe he shouldn't get involved in the discussion? OK, 0845 6060973. I'd also like to uh, have your thoughts uh, involving... um, whether or not you think you, I don't know, did you used to go to church and do you not go now? And if you don't go now, why don't you go? Give me a call on that. OK, now, uh, you might like to know that French police are beginning the operation to clear the migrant camp in Calais. Uh, make sure you stay with LBC 97.3, where not only you'll be up to date uh, with our news bulletins, but also Nick uh, Ferrari is going to be following this particular story after the news at 7 o'clock and bring you up to date with this quite controversial activity. 
and also uh, the pictures uh, which are coming through now of this live operation quite frankly i think you'll have plenty to say about that so make sure you stay with london's biggest conversation lbc 97.3 as nick ferrari will be covering the big stories of the day and in particular that uh, breaking news that french police are beginning the operation to clear illegal um this illegal migrant camp near calais it is an extraordinary story and one which i'm sure you'll have views on but in the meantime i want to get your views on whether or not you think it's right for prince charles to get involved in the climate change debate and also did you used to go to church do you not go now and what would it take to make you go again 0845 6060 and also on the text asking you about the most unwelcoming and unpleasant cities in the world 84850 the most unpleasant city in the world is text me on that you're listening to me james max here on london's biggest conversation lbc 97.3 this is lbc and the time is 6 47 i'd like you to join the conversation if you would like to tell me whether or not it's right for prince charles to get involved in the climate change debate when gordon brown is saying there are 75 days left before we can deal with this problem it's a deeply political issue and quite frankly, I'm not sure how much I'm happy with the climate change debate anyway. I don't know whether you are a believer or not a believer in it. Uh, my personal view is that we should be thinking about how to deal with the climate now that things are changing. It always changes. And I think that we are being forced into doing as they do uh, rather than doing what they say, rather, rather than doing what they do. So, for example, we've got all our politicians and all these uh, uber-wealthy people telling us that we should all be very kind to the environment, but they're still flying around in their private jets, driving around in their cars, uh, living in their 93 homes, all these other things, which is fine. Let them carry on and do it. But please don't tell me how to live my life. That's all I'd say. And I just think that these people should really uh, belt up. Prince Charles, he's got a lot of cars, a lot of houses, has a big carbon footprint... Flies all over the world. Fine. Uh, express your opinion by all means. Prince Charles, uh, delighted to hear you. I have plenty of time and respect for all sorts of aspects of what you do. But you know what? You've gone too far. 500 companies signing them up. And all these companies, if you, if you look at the companies that he's been signing up, ranging from Shell, BP, Eon, EDF, Coca-Cola, eBay, Starbucks, Virgin. I mean, they're not the greatest example of environmental greenness, are they? <laughs> and also, talking to you about church... Uh, the church has, has now said that they're trying to uh, get people back into uh, the aisles with uh, people having gone... Uh, a million people used to go to church uh, every week and now it's uh, down about 800,000. And they're trying to sort of get you all enthused back into church. So the question is, uh, why have you stopped going? Why do you not go? Uh, there's a Narvas text here from Tara who says, uh, Sire, I stopped going to church when I cut my hair sufficiently short for me not to be dragged by it. Some other text. James. Charles cares. Mandelson is not elected. He meddles, uh, says Martin in Pimlico. Uh, thank you for a nice show, says Anne. My pleasure, Anne. I'm delighted that you've enjoyed it. Birdman. Why is it that none of you presenters believe in God? Hand-picked mouthpieces. Your God is money. You capitalist snakes. <laughs> ah, got a point, though. Fair enough. Uh, I am a capitalist snake, but then I've always been. Because my previous job... I was an investment banker. I've done every job that you love to hate. Sorry about that. Uh, Fergie going around these estates, isn't she elected? She's not even royalty. Yeah, but she does write nice books about helicopters, though. James, the most unfriendly city in the world is London. I'm not a London. I'm just as miserable as they are. I don't care. Uh, look who we have running the country, says Stephen Romford. Oh, dear, oh, dear, you are 
all grumpy grumps. Um, Alan's in Hendon. Hello, good Alan. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning to you, Alan. Yeah, I must tell you, I'm slightly different. I'm Jewish. I was brought up very religiously. Uh, I would not go to synagogue anymore, and I certainly wouldn't go to a church. Main reason being that I have a very, very close relationship with my God, but I really don't like the idea of following somebody else's rituals uh, in order to get to the same place. So are you uh, saying that you don't... You can be religious without having to go to mass-organised places of religion, and in fact that maybe we've just moved on socially from these big gatherings? I think that is the case, yes. I think there's no point anymore. Uh, you know, to listen to somebody else rabbiting on about how they feel about things just doesn't make sense anymore. You know, people, I think, are more intelligent than they used to be. They're more aware of religion... They don't just do something because their parents did it. And, and that is why churches are losing numbers. Do you think, I mean, that's a very interesting point that you make, that, that of course, when we, when organised religion first started many hundreds, if not thousands of years ago, um, the people who were leading those religions were the most learned and the most intelligent, whereas... And the most wealthy. And the most wealthy, absolutely. Whereas now, they're not the most wealthy, and arguably they're not, as intelligent as many other, whether it's scientists or doctors or academics or, you know, I'm not saying that they're stupid. I'm just saying that you're right, that they're, for example, in the 14th, 15th, 16th century, they were the people who could read. They were the people who could write. Now, many of us can read and write. That's right. I think the other thing that's important to consider is that the churches within themselves are so divided that people have problems choosing where to go. Exactly, and I think... Um, I don't know, it, it, makes, it makes me wonder where this is all going, because on one hand, I, I love looking at uh, religious places of worship. I think that you know, some beautiful. of them are those beautiful places to look at, and it doesn't matter whether, uh, what religion you are, but to go to uh, other places of worship, whether it's um, uh, Church oh, of uh, England churches or cathedrals. I agree with you. I've been to some beautiful mosques around the world, churches, synagogues. Makes no difference. I mean, the architecture is fabulous. But when you have leaders of these organized religions who are very divided amongst themselves, um, I mean, for example, how many people now trust the Catholic priest in comparison to how many trusted them 50 years ago? Well, exactly, and I think what we've seen is we've seen so many disagreements about major issues relating to uh, whether it's um, same-sex marriages, whether it's um, a a approach to uh, commercialism, whether it's uh, what we watch on television or our movies or interfering in our lives or all sorts of things that are no longer as relevant as they once were. Absolutely, and also all that interference is it, you know, so close to politics that the people are fed up with it. Well, exactly. Maybe, maybe that's the reason that it's not uh, as not as acceptable as it once was. And maybe um, I, I just think it's slightly stupid when these people say that they've got to be less middle class and it's uh, you know they're a bit M and S at the moment with their church services and they've got to go Aldi. I just think it's a bit. I just think it's a bit naff, actually. I think so too. I think it's totally ludicrous. I think I That's think it a nice is a word for Tuesday morning, isn't it? Ludicrous. I love that word. Maybe that can be your word <laughs> of the day. That your job today, if you're listening right now, is to make sure that during one of your meetings or something, you drop in the word ludicrous. Oh, I will definitely do that. Excellent. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Have a good day. Thanks. That's Alan, who's in Hendon. Uh, will you be using the word ludicrous today? I do hope so. Now you've only got a few minutes left to take part in the bog off. No, I'm not telling you to bog off and go and leave. 
Because otherwise, you will, you'll miss Nick Ferrari's breakfast show, and that would be stupid. No. We've got an incredible prize in this week's Howlow Reverse Auction. It's a superb Nintendo Wii, brand new Beatles game. It's a brilliant prize. Most popular games console on the market. It uses motion-sensitive remotes to control your on-screen character. The new Beatles game allows you to follow the Fab Four's musical journey as either John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, or Ringo Starr. And if, if that wasn't enough, between now and 7 o'clock, so you've just got a few minutes left, buy one, get one free. So that's buy one, get one free until seven. Here's how you play. The lowest unique bid wins. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. The auction closes 6pm today. In order to take part, you've got to text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, to treble eight two one. That's LBC, followed by your bid in pence, to treble eight two one. Every second bid between now and seven is free. Bids cost £1.50 plus a standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm this evening during David Meller's drive time. Bidders must be over 16 and why not go to our website lbc.co.uk for all the terms and conditions. Take part in that. Good luck. Buy one, get one free, but you've just got to get on with it. OK, good stuff. Uh, let's just uh, clear out some of your texts and emails before I have to uh, shuffle off. Uh, defender of faith and climate of fruitfulness, having to be bailed out by Waitrose, of course, referring to uh, Dutch's originals, which Waitrose apparently buying. Uh, he was at his best when he used to expand the dangers of political correctness, says Flora. Uh, James, you're unelected and in a privileged position, but you don't spare us your <laughs> political opinions, you hypocrite. Oh, well, that's my job. And it's your job, whoever texted with the number ending 206, that if you thought that, you should have telephoned me to tell me. And then you'd be doing your job. <laughs> Religion is created by man to control man. Church is outdated, needs to go from society. Thanks very much indeed for that. Blimey, very controversial. I don't go to church. They got rid of those silly worship songs uh, and get rid of the preaching. And then they'd have to change the name of the church, says Steve. James, breath of fresh air. I'd appoint you Lord High Five till... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very kind. Thank you. James, I go to St. Augustine's Queensgate. It's a magnificent Victorian church with lovely music from a professional choir. We are liberal Anglo-Catholic. Biggest problem about uh, uh, getting up attendance is that people forget that church is even there, says Mike in Teddington. I mean, I think people get a lot of uh, sentence uh, from going. But sometimes it's just not as uh, it's not as relevant as perhaps it once was. Nasty cities, says Drew, Mosul, Lagos, Cairo and Liverpool. <laughs> James, instead of talking about what you want to talk about, why not try and let people talk themselves, says Mark in Hemel Hempstead. Well, if you telephone, you can do. That's what it's all about. James, you might find the number of Anglicans have converted to Catholicism or Islam. True. James, I used to go to church, got, but got fed up with all the in-house politics and the behaviour of people who are supposed to be Christians. Blimey! You see, I've exposed a whole range of problems. Oh, dear. Anyway, um, thank you very much indeed for all your texts, your emails. Uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow for Drive. And uh, I'm sorry if I didn't get to your emails, but there we go. Coming up, of course, it's Nick Ferrari and his breakfast. Uh, um, yeah, here on London's biggest conversation, this is LBC 97.3. The new and exclusive.